The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Hey everybody, this is The Ashholes. Each week, they smoke a different cigar, sometimes the same cigar, but mostly different, and they give their honest impression. They always assign an official Ashholes rating to that cigar. So, pull up a chair, light up, relax, be an Ashhole too. It's very rewarding. And welcome back to the Ashholes, broadcasting live from the Jose Dominguez Cigar Studio. I'm Aaron. I'm joined once again with Ed and Ben. And eventually, we'll be joined by Steve Saka, who's from... Hopeful. Hopefully, he's running a little late, so... Yeah, maybe he's stuck in traffic. Maybe, maybe. There's no traffic. Yeah, there's no... Nobody's on the road right now. No. <laughs> I mean, there could be one person... I mean, people are driving like maniacs right now. Yeah. So, I mean, that does kind of add a curveball to things. He did post that uh, he was leaving yeah, at it, around 3 o'clock, I think. It was an appropriate time to leave, yeah. Yeah. So, who knows? Uh, maybe we'll get him somewhere before the half. But, uh, you know, right. we won't hold it against him. We might hold it against his cigar, but, you know, we'll see. Well, <laughs> he, he may suffer in the ratings. Yeah. So, all right. Well, what are we smoking? So, today, in his honor, we are smoking the Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust Mi Rita Tricky Traca. And this size is the 6x48. It's got a catchy name. It's called the 648. Oh, how unique yeah and they there's another size there's only two sizes in this line uh the five by 52 can you guess the name of that one the 552 yes you got it Mm -hmm. so those are the two sizes right now um this is connecticut broadleaf wrapper nicaraguan binder and dominican and nicaraguan fillers was released last year yeah after the Oh, oh, here we are. We see him. We're <laughs> all waving in. to Steve. <laughs> yeah. So only uh, two points deducted so far. So, <laughs> what, what do we take? One point per minute. One point. One, one per minute. I think. <laughs> we'll we'll give him a, a, the, a minute to get uh, situated on here on the scale. But, but um, uh, yeah. So this um, this blend originated with the uh, firecracker. Yep. And. Uh, from you two know, guys, right? We'll have to talk to Steve about whether it is the same or a different blend. I mean, flavor-wise, it's I mean similar, obviously. But. Very similar, but uh, at least for me with the firecracker, I certainly get more of a, a kick in the teeth with that one mm-hmm. to start. Yeah, uh, more pepper and more like in your face on the firecracker. This I'm getting a lot more like a roasted jalapeno pepper, like kind of tingle on the tongue right now. Roasted. Roasted. Yes, I like that. It's not just, I mean, just eating a jalapeno is just, mm. I mean, that's pain, I guess. You got to roast it to really bring out those flavors. Although with the jalapenos, it, it, they seem highly variable in terms of the amount of heat you get out of them. Yeah. Yeah. Not very consistent. No. Um, tough tough to work with. I mean, everybody's <laughs> using the example of like, you know, pretend you're, it, it's, you know, to keep you from touching your face. Like pretend you're just, you know, cutting up some jalapeno peppers. Well, I mean... That may be a good deterrent in this time of pandemic. Yeah. I mean, I made that mistake years ago. I was cooking with some jalapenos. I washed my hands. I thought I was okay. But, yeah, yeah no, it doesn't, doesn't really 
get to the water, get <laughs> cut through the oils right. with, uh, that then, I put my hand over my mouth. And, then you want to be particularly cautious using the bathroom yeah, after yeah, luckily, your hot peppers. I felt the, the burning on my mouth before... <laughs> Uh, doing anything uh, more sensitive. Oh, good. I think Steve brought us an extra box, just in case we run low. Yeah. <laughs> We've got one for him here as well. He's probably tried these. Yeah, once or twice. Sorry, I'm late. Did you get caught in traffic? <laughs> <laughs> you want to know the truth? The watch I'm wearing is off by an hour, or it was off by an hour. You never. I hadn't worn it since the time change. Yeah. yeah. So oh, that makes sense. When I put it on this morning, it was still sent to Eastern Standard Time instead of Eastern Daylight, daylight Time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really, there's not much reason to know the time anymore or the day. <laughs> I have to tell you, though, it's one of my biggest pet peeves. If, if our government wanted to do anything that was actually productive, they would just get rid of this oh, yeah. nonsense. The the time change or the, uh, the shutdown? Well, that's a separate conversation. Yeah. But the time change okay. is just, it's such a nuisance twice a year. Oh, yeah. It makes everything, in fact, it's gotten to the point now that I don't even book tickets on those two days. Yeah. yeah because I can't figure time. out when I'm supposed to go. You know what I mean? I don't know mm-hmm. if the ticketed time is right. right. I don't know if the update times are right. It drives me insane. It's gotten a little better with all the technology that automatically adjusts it. But back That's in true. the day, it used to be, I can't remember how to change the clock in my car. Yeah. And, uh, you know, nobody likes it. There's, there's nobody. nobody in the world. But people just don't like change. So <laughs> getting it to switch, it just takes a lot of collaboration. You're not going to believe this. I'm paperwork. leaving you again. All right. <laughs> Bye. It was oh, good nice having you, you here. Know. <laughs> so that was Steve Saka, and we're always happy when he stops by for a brief conversation. He may be back. He's lost something, apparently. His mind? I don't know. I forgot something. We don't know how much of that he had in the first place. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's do the top five while we're, we're uh, having intermission. Aloha. <laughs> Today's top five is brought to you by Five Five Cigars. Choose from the mild white label, the medium strength red label, or the full bodied and full flavor blue label. Series Five Five has it all. Five Five equals the perfect 10, and that's what you get every time. The only thing better than a Five Five cigar is two of them, so you can share with a friend. And now, here's today's top five list. All righty. Are we ready for a top five? I think we're ready for a top five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this week's top five is actually, this is according to Thrillist online. They okay. make lists. Lists. Thrilling, Thrilling ones, lists. apparently. Okay. Uh, this is their top five of their 100 best snacks. Okay. And I mean, that's people are going to be well acquainted with that right now. Yeah, well, and as luck would have it, I am an authority on snacks. Yeah, that's right. Since we do the snack authority. Yeah, you've even been to conventions. Oh, I've been to so conventions. Got a, I know a real stuff. problem here. <laughs> but really, Steve looks like he might have a snack now and then. Nah. And, you know, this is just their list. They, they had some rules, you know. They wanted it to be something generally available at corner stores. Yeah, mini someone who advertises with them. Thing. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, because they wanted it to uh, be specific products rather than, okay, a chocolate chip yeah. cookie. Right. Making right. it broad, It's yeah. got to be, you know, Chips Ahoy or whatever it may yeah, be. You know. Number five, they claim it's goldfish. 
Oh, I, I mean, love goldfish. Goldfish are great, but you know, and I love the parmesan. They're top ones five, the top five. If well, you're a child, I guess. <laughs> no, no, no. Those are definitely an adult snack. Well, I mean, and what I love about them is what they about come in convenience, I mean, one serving size packaging. That's my favorite part about well, the gold. You made a quart. Yeah, exactly. But you open it once, you eat it all, and there you go. And it's and perfect. For, for, I mean, I'm reaching for Cheez-Its over goldfish any day. For a brief moment, the goldfish became a bar snack. To a lot of bars, we're putting them out instead of pretzels. But nowadays, in the new normal. I don't think we'll be getting loose snacks at a bar. Oh, yeah. No, I don't guess. imagine so. Thinking about well, look, loose snacks were disgusting before this. Yeah. Let's be honest. It's yeah. like, what kind I mean, of regulations on. are we going to run into? You're in a bar. You <laughs> the guy's coming back beers. from the bathroom. You and... end up pissing on your hands. You're a slob. You don't wash them. Next thing you know, you got your hands buried in the beer nuts. Come on. <laughs> yeah. They go back Just to a, having an attendant in the bathroom washing your hands idea. for you. Mm-hmm. Well, number four, well, they say control. Reese's peanut butter cups. All right. Well, I don't think of that as a yeah. snack. Though. Yeah, it's more it's, of a candy. It's not exactly. Like yeah. I mean, other than other than Halloween and then Easter with the little eggs, it's about the only time you say, "Yeah, let me have eight of those." You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I don't like the standard issue flat ones. Yeah. Even really? the minis are better. They have more chocolate the ratio, peanut butter yeah. ratio. See, yeah. I'm the other way around. I actually like like the double stuff ones. I, I actually like the eggs for Easter better than the regular peanut yeah. butter cups. Well, they have a higher uh, they peanut, have more butter, peanut ratio. butter in that one, yeah. which is yeah, what which his complaint is. Well, that's the small ones are, are more peanut butter too. Yeah. No, I think ratio. so. Really, because they're thicker. Yeah, I think it's more oh, peanut yeah. butter. I, th- I think you get a thicker chocolate coating now up towards the mm. top. For support and structure, do some uh, little scientific yeah, analysis. We, yeah, we need a, we need a <laughs> scale and a knife. Let's exactly. Break this yeah. <laughs> well, number three, they say Pringles. Uh, I mean, they say you can't stop. But yeah, but Pringles, I stopped years ago. I, look, I know that I don't want to kill your sponsors on this program, but honestly, Pringles kind of suck. They do. They're yeah. like really good for about this much of a stack. And then they get like really oily, and they're not like potato chips. Right, they're, they're a vegetable no. product like, chip. I actually, <laughs> you know? I actually like the Lay stacks yep. better than the Pringles. I find those to be more palatable. I, yeah. I can th- those I can do a whole tube of. Although you know, Pringles is the same concept as a homogenized wrapper on a cigar, yeah. right? Just mush it all up and form yeah. it or, into or like something the, else. What is the fake meat they talk about with all the meat glue and you know, all the bits and pieces <laughs> kind of melded together? And that's basically what a Pringles is for a chip. Well, number two is the most popular cookie in the world. That would be the Oreo. Hmm. I was going to guess Oreo, yeah. Yeah, and it's a solid one. I mean, it's all solid. the all the weird. Variations are well, a little bit excessive. But. On a recent episode of Snack Authority, we went through all the variations. How many right? are there? There's got to be oh, there's two too dozen. many. To, yeah, oh, we no, were oh. just looking at for your standard Oreo. Right. Do we want the thins? Do we want double stuff? Then they've got yeah, the I'm a, most. I'm a, I'm a classic guy in this. I like the classic ratio of mm-hmm. chocolate wafer to a little bit of frosting compared to the double stuff. I love the double stuff. Yeah. But I always feel it feels a little out of balance. Yeah, when we got to the most stuff, it was just disgusting. Yeah, you know, it's too it's, much. It's almost like a, just a mouthful of sweet and shortening. Right. Not yeah, good. Yeah, at that point, just 
get a tub of frosting and Again, for the grab record, a spoon. this doesn't fit in my snack category. So what's number yeah, exactly. They're all kind of number like, one. I don't know. What? An Oreo's not a snack? Again, I, I just look at cookies and candies and cakes. It's not really a snack. I mean, the fact that these are on a snack list is just part of our obesity problem, <laughs> you know, in the country. It's like, yeah, I think of snacks are like more like the goldfish and crackers and things well, like that. Potato chips. I know, yeah. Steve, that you're argumentative today. I saw you arguing with uh, Barry. What a moron. <laughs> <laughs> How is mac and so cheese Tuesday, not I mean. a real thing? I don't even understand. And then when he started calling it a condiment, that's where I, really wait, I walked he away. He called mac and cheese a condiment? Yeah, that was oh. where he. That's where his argument went. He yeah. started with side dish. Are we going to blame Miami or New York for that? That's just crazy. Look, I, I can understand the argument of side dish, but there's certain circumstances where mac and cheese is actually a meal. Absolutely. And, for, and, and depending on look, baked mac and cheese, I mean that's a meal. Yeah, I mean, well, I, and there's a restaurant near me that makes a great pulled pork mac and cheese. Mm, right. right? So, that was what my comment was. If there's some sort of protein introduced to it, yeah, yep. it's definitely a meal. Mm-hmm. And his yeah. argument was that no, the macaroni and cheese was just a condiment at that point. And I'm like, a condiment is just that's not even a, a good. It's not even a a, a, a word for a side dish. You I'll, know? I'll give Barry it's credit though. He he likes to he likes to come up with stuff to talk about. Oh yeah, he's talk about bored like everybody else right now. Quite a conversationalist. <laughs> so what's number one on this list? I'm dying. Yeah. Number one on the list is Doritos. Yeah, I, I don't think I'll argue with that. I think I'm. Oh, on board with that. Doritos are real snack food, but is it my number one? No, no. It's cool, not, it's cool Ranch. Not I'm taking Cool Ranch specifically because the traditional Doritos, eh, I can take it or leave it. Well, and they're another one that has just so many variations. Mm, on right. the Snack Authority this weekend, I believe we are talking about the Wasabi Doritos. Oh, yeah. They had, what was it, the 3Ds? Is, was it Doritos that did 3Ds? Yeah. And they had like a, like a jalapeno one that was... Like pretty spicy. Those were good back well, in the day. I happen yeah. to be up on snack news, and <laughs> in Australia they are introducing a Mountain Dew Dorito. Oh, see, Just, pretzels yeah. have to be on a snack list, but I guess it's yeah. hard to determine one brand of pretzel. Right, yeah. is the problem here. Yeah, I mean, and for, pretzels, potato chips. For generic, I, I just yeah. like jumbo cashews. I mean, I was going to say some sort of mm, nut, right? Yeah. Peanuts, yep. cashews, something like that. Not the beer nuts, though. No, no, no. They're not very good. And if they have urine in them, they're particularly <laughs> unpalatable. A little too salty it's at that point. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know what you're doing to season your nuts, but. <laughs> <laughs> so perhaps we should talk about the cigar. Huh. This yeah. is the Tricky Traca, which you're not smoking, but you know Actually, what it is. Oh, you are? Is I'm that- just smoking the uh, the new Toro that's going to be released sometime into the future. Well, it was, was going to come out at the <laughs> trade show, but who, I the, heck, ask who the heck knows about that anymore? Yeah. So yeah. is that the only new size? I mean, at one no, point, there was talk uh, of a 4x48. Originally, think. there was a talk of a 4x48. The 4x48 will still happen, but... Uh, I, I heard a rumor that someone may want to order more firecrackers, and then it's if that's close the case, enough, then yeah, yeah I don't want to. I don't want to step on top that of place. that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So um, eventually, when the firecrackers stop being ordered, there will be a four by forty-eight. So on this, it's based on the firecracker blend. Or, it is the firecracker. All right, blend. just blended for the well, particular size. It, it just size. changes with the proportion. I mean. Mm. You know, I know you guys have this, they have this circular argument on the other podcast, but I, I'm a firm <laughs> believer that size does affect strength. Mm-hmm. And on almost all cases, smaller formats tend to smoke spicier. You know, more funny, somebody right. was just telling me that. Um, <laughs> so, 
Um, so what ends up happening is when the blend is in a narrower ring gauge, it ends up smoking hotter. And when it smokes hotter, it's stronger. And when it's shorter, you just have less natural filtration. So the smoke hits your palate warmer mm -hmm. than it does when you're smoking a, a double Corona or a Churchill length or even a Toro length. So it is the same blend, but it's proportionally obviously scaled right. for the various sizes. And then it just tastes slightly different in depending on what size it is. Right, because I'm a huge fan of the firecracker, but that one does sort of kick you in the teeth right from the get-go. Right. Well, look, I actually have a sample I brought for you that's uh, it's a 4 by 44 version. Mm, that that's sounds like something right I might months. enjoy. <laughs> of that blend, because I think the firecracker, if I remember correct, is 3.5 by, by 50, 50, right? So this is... Uh, that's like Whoa. a four by forty-four-ish, or maybe there's a forty-eight. I can't tell anymore. It looks like fingers. a forty-eight. Hmm. Yeah, it may Could be a forty-eight. This may be the four by forty-eight. I wasn't going to pass that along till I yeah. saw there were two. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think if you smoke that, it'll kind of put to rest that oh, it's not the firecracker blend, right? Um, but yeah, it definitely tastes different in the larger sizes. The only one where I really made a the the tobaccos are the same. But I really scaled the proportions differently on it is I made a 7 by 64 version. Mm. And in that one, I had to um, adjust the proportions to make right. it smoke yeah. the way I would want because it was just simply becoming too mild for it to be tricky traca once I got into that kind of a tola size. I mean, that's when things get crazy. So, so that makes sense. But I mean, all the others. And of course, it does get sealed a bit, obviously, in the... Well, not really. I mean, in 48 and... In 50, I'm pretty much in the same proportional range as I am in the 52s. It just smokes different because of the format. Hmm. And when you went back to, obviously, you originally blended it in the firecracker format. Right. It originally was blended in the firecracker format. And then next you went to, I guess, the somewhat chubby Robusto. I actually went to all of them. Uh-huh. I just didn't release all of them. Okay. Um, the only one that, so actually all of those blends were done beforehand. And oddly enough, some of the work was done on the blend prior to 2016 before there was even a firecracker. Right. It when was I was, something when I was, were... well, it was, look, it was part of the Mike Rita family. Yeah. So when I was working on Mike Rita, this was a side deviation that had mm -hmm. already actually been done, but it hadn't been refined. It was refined when we made it for the actual firecracker, hmm. but it wasn't a. It wasn't actually a blend that was well. It wasn't. It wasn't actually a totally new blend. It was just no. a new blend to everybody else. I mean, when it was first announced that you were doing the firecracker, there was like no question it was going to be Mikarita. It was like that was a gimme. You know, when Mikarita came out, I was like, this would be the firecracker. This is yeah, what I it think is. Totus Las Dias might be the one. The blend that would make the most sense for the firecracker, actually. But honestly, I think the Miki Rita blend is just way more accessible mm -hmm. for a lot more people because the Todos Las Dias, when you get into the small formats, they're just punishing. I mean, that, that half <laughs> Churchill size. I'm not, I'm not done with my first box of those yet. Oh, they, I mean, have to be. Yeah, I mean, the half Churchills in the Todos Las Dias is a real... <laughs> it's a bit of a shock to the system. It is. You know, so I, I don't think that... As much as it may have fit the firecracker, but you know what fits the firecracker montage? Because I I smoked, I lot, smoked yeah. all the others, <laughs> yeah. you know that were before, and not most of them weren't blow your head off strong. Yeah, no, um, you know. So there were only a few that kind of stood out to me as being really spicy and peppery, mm -hmm. and so I just tried to basically 
I just wanted to make it a little bit more peppery, a little bit more spicy because of the name. It only makes sense to me. If you're going to call something firecracker, <laughs> it, should it, have, some, it should give you some fire. <laughs> you know what I mean? It should give you some pop. So mm. that was the concept So using the blend. How does it look uh, sales-wise? Are you selling a lot of these? Obviously, it won't have the number of yeah, the original. But. No, I mean, look, we sell way more Mikay Rita Blue mm-hmm. than we sell Mikay Rita Red. Yeah. Um, but part of that is Mikey Rita Blue had already been in the market since 2016. Yeah. So Mikey Rita Blue has a a group of consumers that it's in their rotation. And for some, it's their absolute favorite and it's their daily. Mm-hmm. Um, so the red, the red is getting great accolades now. And the sales have been really strong on it up until the last six mm-hmm. weeks. The yeah. sales have been strong <laughs> in the last six weeks. Um, but, uh, I mean, the sales are really good. I mean, does it have the potential? I I mean, I don't think it does. Mm-hmm. I think that you know, it was kind of the same situation we had with Liga Pravada when we had number nine and T52. Right. You know what I mean? The guys that love T52 absolutely love T52, and they think hands down it's the yeah. way better. But, and I don't know what the numbers are today because I'm no longer with the company, mm-hmm. but number nine was always the one that more consumers tended to actually buy. But the group that was the loudest were the T52 guys. Mm-hmm. So the T52 smokers made it seem like it was the one. But we sold, we sold way more number nines than we sold T52s. And I think that'll be the same case with Miki Rita Blue and Red. I yeah. think in the long run, I think Blue is a much more accessible blend yeah. than the Red is. Yeah. But I think the Red one is going to give the guys that are seeking that extra bit of pop a little bit more of a right. chubby. I yeah. mean, that's that's you know the way the bloggers work and everything. It's the it's the powerhouses that get the big attention from the bloggers, but it's the consumers that are buying the more mild stuff. You know, yeah. and it's not like Mickey Rear Blue's mild. It's no. you know, full. not by no it's, means. You know, it's probably like a seven to an eight on a ten point scale. Yep. And, and look, and Tricky Traka. I mean, it's definitely a nine plus style cigar. But even even that being said. It isn't as sharp and as biting as some other strong no. cigars, mm-hmm. but that's just a general characteristic of I don't tend to make I don't tend to make real uber pepper sticks. Yeah. Right. I just and part of the reason why is I just don't smoke them. They don't fit into my personal pattern of smoking. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, and I think the the Connecticut broadleaf helps offset it somewhat, you know, if you did Oh, it Something, definitely tempers it. If you yeah. do this in a sun-grown Habano, right. you know, or like even the San Andreas, you're not going to no, get it. No, the San Andreas won't actually tone it down, but it won't add to it. Right. Hmm. But, yeah, but if you did it in a sun-grown Havana seed wrapper, yeah, you would you kick the octane level up quite a bit <laughs> doing that, you know, depending on how young it is. So, All right. Why don't we uh, take a break, and when we come back, we'll continue smoking the Mikorita Tricky Traka by... Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Only Great Leaf makes great cigars. Aganorsa Leaf stands out because of the distinctive mouthwatering flavors of the Corojo 99 and the Criollo 98 seeds cultivated by Cuban agronomists on the best lands in Jalapa and Esteli, Nicaragua. When you smoke one of the JFR, JFR Lunatic, Guardian of the Farm or Casa Fernandez cigars, you will experience the unique taste and aroma that makes Aganor Salif different than any other tobacco in the world. Smoke one today and enjoy the signature flavor of Aganor Salif. Hello. 
Hello, cigar aficionados. This is Klaus Kellner from Davidoff Cigars. I invite you to taste the elements with Davidoff Escurio, Nicaragua, and Yamasa. From water comes originality. Savor the sweet and spicy originality of the Davidoff Escurio tobaccos born by the rains of Bahia, Brazil. From fire comes intensity. Enjoy the bittersweet aromas and fiery intensity of the Davidoff Nicaragua. From earth comes complexity. Taste the earthy flavors and complex spices that are unique to the red soil of the Yamasa region in Dominican Republic. Only Davidoff Master Blenders could take the power of nature and blend it into a range of exceptional cigars. Each element making each cigar a unique experience. Water, fire, earth. Flavors that have risen from the very world itself. I hope you enjoy them as much as I do. Davidoff Cigars. Cigar adventures to a wider world. Looking for a mild cigar? Don Rafael is just that. Solidly constructed, and it offers up a mellow experience that holds a ton of universal appeal. This is just one of the reasons for Don Rafael's enormous success. Looking to get your friend into smoking cigars? The Don Rafael cigar is absolutely the right choice. The brand originally set out to outdo the competition, but for the price, there is no competition. You can't beat Don Rafael, it outsells them all. Don Rafael can be enjoyed any time of the day, all day, and cigar after cigar. The Don Rafael has a smooth, mellow aroma that will not linger. Draped in a seamless golden brown Connecticut wrapper, Dominican long fillers, and a Dominican binder complete the blend. Expect earthy notes with some hints of cedar throughout. And as far as quality everyday blends go, for a mild cigar smoker, it doesn't get more satisfying than this. Remember this, Don. Don Rafael. Aging Room 4 Nicaragua Maestro. Named Cigar Aficionado's number one cigar of the year with a 96 rating, is a complex Nicaraguan puro carefully blended by Rafael Nodal and made by A.J. Fernandez. As Cigar Aficionado described it, every puff is an overture of flavors that's at times heavy and rich with notes of dark chocolate and wood, and other times subtle and understated with hints of fine caramel and toasted almonds. Treat yourself to an aging Room 4 Nicaragua today. Surgeon General Ward, tobacco smoke increases the risk of lung cancer and heart disease, even in non-smokers. Bohemian is the original Brazilian big ring gauge cigar with the unfinished foot, curly-tailed head, and value, value, value. There are a Brazilian reasons to buy and smoke Bohemian, and here are just a few. Created in the Cuban tradition, this lush, dark Brazilian Maduro leaf surrounds a five-year-old Sumatra binder with Dominican and Nicaraguan well-aged long filler leaves. So, what you do expect from a Bohemian? A departure from the conventional. A flavorful journey into sweet, nutty, almost caramel finish. Bohemian, the original unconventional cigar. Take a journey. When was the last time you experienced something for the first time? Curiosity drives discovery. Discover exceptional tobaccos aged to perfection with Balmoral Inejo XO. Born from passionate curiosity, Balmoral invites you to discover the optimal balance of sophisticated complexity and smoothness. Each meticulously crafted, extensively aged Añejo XO cigar blend is the result of a relentlessly global search for the top 5% of select premium tobaccos available, 
including our exclusive signature Brazilian Mata Norte. Crowned with a sun-grown Brazilian Arapiaca wrapper, Balmoral Añejo XO embraces your palate with complex notes of cedar, cacao, and peppery spices that finish with a smooth, underlying natural sweetness. We invite you to discover and experience Balmoral Añejo XO today. And we're back live in the Jose Dominguez Cigar Studio. We're here with Steve Saka. We're smoking the Tricky Chaka. And uh, I'm getting some sweetness now. It's a, it's transitioned a little bit. Uh, getting more of a, like a, a syrupy sweetness to me. I think it's the inherent sweetness you always get out of Connecticut Broadleaf. Mm. I mean, it's the one generic trait that seems to hold true in all Connecticut Broadleaf cigars, with the exception of the ones that end up ultimately being cooked. Those leaves that end up being steamed, they tend to lose their sweetness. But yeah, if they're done in any week, sort of cheating, you know, <laughs> right? If they're done in any sort of natural fermentation, even if it's slightly forced by heat, um, it's not the same. But when it's completely put in a caldera, uh, it does wash away a lot of that sweetness and a lot of flavor. But it makes it very dark mm. and, and very even. How's your supply on broadleaf? You still good? Yeah, no, I'm I'm really good on broadleaf. I you know I managed to make it through last year being a horrific year for most and. Um, I'm probably, I'm way prepared, which is part of, which is part of my personal problem right now. I spent so much money last year that I have no money to survive the, uh, <laughs> coronavirus shutdown mm. scenario, you know? So I was, you know, I did a lot of things last year that I thought I was being very smart about because we had a really good year last year. We nearly doubled. And then that was holding true at the beginning of this year. We were up about 58% January, mm-hmm. February. So I spent a lot of money last summer and um, really last spring, last summer, last fall, preparing for 2020. And it uh, turns out I didn't need to spend that money. Mm. I mean, it's, it's not like it's gone. It's not like right. it's disappeared. Yeah. But at the same time, um, I really would have rather had that extra 300K in the bank right now. I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who knows how long this will last. T- tobacco's not really a liquid asset. <laughs> I suppose oh. you could sell it. No, you, nobody- can, you, you can sell it. But what will end up happening now is because of the slowdowns and all the factories right. being closed. And look, the numbers were already slowing down. You know, it, it, you know I think as an industry last year, you know, by the import numbers, we were down 8.5%, but I think actual sales from manufacturers to retailers were down up closer to 15%. Mm-hmm. And so there had already been a slowdown. And whenever you have a slowdown, what ends up happening is there always ends up being a, a glut of tobacco and it takes a while for it to work through. So I imagine that what will end up happening is there'll be a lot of tobacco available this given year. And it's going to take, we'll probably have a crop cycle that's going to be much, much lighter. Mm-hmm. And then it'll be two years before it rebounds back. But mm-hmm. I think, uh, I, I don't know ultimately what's going to happen, but I think we're going to get back to where Americans are going to be, you know, 325, 335 million units a year. I don't, I don't think that number is going to change as a result of this. And I would also, it seems, I mean, if my soul, I don't know what social media means. I don't know if just people have a tremendous amount of free time, so I'm seeing a lot more people smoking cigars. <laughs> probably a fact. Or are they really just smoking a lot more cigars because, you know, they've got time at home mm. and as a result they're consuming. But it does seem like cigar consumption over the last 
six weeks is pretty much the same place as booze consumption and pop tart consumption right. and mm-hmm. potato chip consumption and Netflix consumption. And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so it does appear that way. So right. I the, guess the question is, are they replacing them or smoking out of their the humidors? Um, you know, so we, we were down roughly 60 per 40% in sales the month of March. But that down really came in the last two weeks. Mm. Okay, that's where we really started to feel the pinch. And so um, the last week of March, which trickled into April, that week was dismal. We barely sold anything. And I mean, like we didn't even have a ring that would make a, a really small brick and mortar store happy. I mean, it was mm-hmm. dismal. And uh, But... Not this Monday, but the previous Monday, for whatever reason, sales have started to pick up again. So you you've know, got orders that, uh, coming in. Yeah, you just, yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, and it, what it is is, look, the orders from the big online guys, they've been good. In fact, mm. they've even been a little bit healthier because they've actually been selling quite a few more cigars. Yeah, it makes sense. But it was two weeks ago, roughly, or a week and a half ago, that I started noticing, I guess it's a week and a half ago? I guess now we're into the third week, so it's really two, it's like, Two weeks back, not the last Monday, but the Monday before, mm-hmm. I started to notice us getting orders again from small brick and mortar accounts. Not as heavy as they would normally in the springtime, but they are back to where they're ordering. They're just mm-hmm. they're ordering less, and they seem to be in a lot of those accounts. They seem to already be placing reorders, so they're ordering small quantities mm. on a more frequent basis. So that's that's a generally a good sign. Um, from my perspective, yeah, well, in in our neck of the woods, at least the weather hasn't been particularly cooperative. You know, yeah. it has. Ha, we don't have spring anymore, but we <laughs> yeah. haven't had yeah. great outdoor smoking weather. I know so right far. now, like the weather sucks today. But let's be honest, this has probably been the best end of winter we've ever had in a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. even with I those, mean, couple, even with even a little bit of snow even here, even with there, the crappy yeah. stuff we have going on today. I mean, not very. I mean. I know that I personally still have snow on the ground almost mm-hmm. all the way through April. Mm-hmm. And I haven't had snow on the ground since maybe the first week of March. Yep. And we've actually had some pretty glorious days between then and now. So even though the weather right now, the last week or so, has been kind of up and down, overall, I think overall the weather across the entire country for the most part has been generally warmer. This would have been an amazing year in our business yeah. um, without mm. this upset happening. I think everybody would have been over the moon, mm. um, but who the heck knows now? It's all a big if, you know, bigger, who knows what's going on, you know? Steve, you may not know what time it is. In fact, I know you don't know what time it is, <laughs> but it's time once again to get delighted with Old Fart Freddy, brought oh. to you by Cuban Delight Cigars. This is Old Fat Freddy, and if you know me, you know I was delighted with the good old days when life was simpler and cheaper. My grandkids keep telling me that I need to be on social media. A Facebook, Snapface. I see everyone I need to see down at the barbershop. And if they don't get the haircut on a regular basis, I don't trust them anyway. Social media? It's anti-social media, if you ask me. I'm cheap, so I love Cuban Delight Cigars, a perfectly good everyday cigar, handmade in the Dominican Republic, from the pieces left over from the high-end cigars. For a quick buck, I can enjoy a Cuban Delight. Cuban Delight Cigars. Yeah. I, you know, I got to say, social media has not been improving with everybody being home. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not. It's just kind of, uh, it's just worse. <laughs> uh, and then you got the people who just 
they just send memes all day. Yeah. The same ones that you've seen six times uh, already. Yeah. Yep. I've already seen it. Seen okay. It. Yep. Wasn't Thanks. funny the first time. Thanks for tagging me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, oh, man. We're already at that time. I know. Well, Steve was late. Yeah. I mean, not that. Wait, late. wait, wait, wait. Time is we're already done. We're pro- yeah. This we're is there. a forty-minute show. This yeah. is what the heck is up? With I mean, that? you only missed two minutes. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah you only missed two minutes. Well, yeah, but two minutes is like four percent of the show, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, let's put it that way. You know? <laughs> Listen, this show's five percent of my math is. Yeah, I think it's five percent. <laughs> yeah. This show's a little different from Cigar Authority. We don't ask uncomfortable questions. We want you to be comfortable here because we want you to leave as soon as we're done. Now. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, we actually end up rating the cigar with a number. Well, before you do that, one thing I think it's important for consumers to know, the difference between this and the Miki Rita Blue and the Red, um, first off, the wrappers on this one is using the Connecticut Broadleaf Number 1 Darks. So it's a slightly heavier textured broadleaf. Mm-hmm. And then the other component that's really significantly different is it actually has – what's adding to the strength level is actually a Dominican tobacco. It's grown by Leo Reyes. And it's actually a C92 or an H92 seed that he's hybridized, mm. whereas most of the world has moved on to C98 for Criollo. He's still using the C92, H92 seed uh, that he has. You know, mm. Obviously, he's cross-bred it himself. But it's one of the things that it's the only cigar I currently have that I think has any Dominican tobacco in it at all. Hmm. Interesting. So you went to Dominican for some oomph. Yeah, isn't that weird? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, look, I I didn't want it to taste the same as when you amp up a regular Nicaraguan cigar. I wanted to have it have have its own personality. So, and uh, that's one of the reasons why I find it appealing is it doesn't taste the same as others. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we've got our producer, Ben, over there. I think that might be his fourth or fifth cigar of all time. (laughs) Just breaking him in. My fourth. Your fourth. Fourth now. And how is it in terms of... uh, So far, I really like it. You know, the the heaviness of it, I actually enjoyed, Mm -hmm. as opposed to some of the other cigars that just kind of seemingly came and went with the breeze, but that's here, a normal trait of my cigars. My strong cigars tend to be heavy rather than biting. Mm. Yeah, um, and that's across the board because a lot of people, a lot of people smoke my cigars. And, oh, they're not that strong, but they're they're really de- heavy. They're really dense. They're mm. a lot of flavor, and it's one of the reasons why I think the company's been growing so well. All right, well, we want to give a number. Yeah, give it a number, Aaron. I'm going ninety four. Uh, I think the, there's enough complexity to it. There's, you know, it keeps you interested the whole time. Construction's great. Um, I mean, it's solid 94 all day long. Yeah, I'm usually harsher than Aaron, although on this one, I agree with him. You know, this one hits my palate just right. I prefer the, the red to the blue, mm-hmm. although I often smoke the small blue ones. Uh, right. Pequeño, pequeños. Right. Gorditas. Yeah. But this one, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Definitely has my interest. <laughs> yeah, we, you could write it if you want. Oh, a thousand, right? A thousand. <laughs> what, what do you want? If you're gonna ask me to write it, what yeah. the heck? A what, what, do you, what do you want? The Barry Stein scale? It goes way over one hundred. <laughs> <laughs> There's no rules. You know, I'll tell you what I think. I think it's definitely a ninety-plus cigar. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So I think it just comes down to a matter of preference. I mean, Absolutely. the yeah. construction's flawless. The materials are flawless. It's a question of whether you like the flavor. It's a yeah. question of whether you like the format. So, but it's definitely, it's definitely right up there 
head to head with right. any other top tier cigar. So it's yeah, definitely I mean, a ninety plus cigar. You you know the drill. You take something totally subjective and then try to apply numbers <laughs> to it. <laughs> yeah. So that none of the ratings mean much unless well, I think the problem is, you know, for the bulk of the vast majority of what everything's eighty eight to ninety two. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. And I mean, so the ratings have very little value as far no. as I'm yeah. concerned. It's a cigar, okay. Well it's an eighty. Like you know? anything else, you know, even movie reviews, the best you can do is find some Somebody who matches your particular taste, right. yeah. and then it may and have more I've always more said meaning. that I, I always go back to the Playboy movie reviews. I don't know the movie, but the music reviews. They always had the same four people critiquing the albums every issue. Yep. And there was one guy in particular whose music taste lined up with mine, and I would pay attention to his number. Yeah. Yep. And That's I would the discard the other three. The other three could rave about it, but if he didn't like it, it probably wasn't for me. <laughs> if mm-hmm. he loved it, then it was something I would go out of my way. And I think it's the same thing when it comes yeah. to cigars. Yeah, absolutely. You know, find, finding people that you have a shared common palette with and paying attention to what they like and what they don't like. Yeah. Yep. All righty. All right. Sounds like it. So uh, you've been listening to the Assholes broadcasting from the Jose Dominguez Cigar Studio. Head over to unitedpodcastnetwork.tv. You can see all our past episodes and some other great podcasts as well. Uh, Stay safe. Don't hug anybody. And just keep your distance. Thank you, Steve. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. We will see you next week. Expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.